everyone. I'm Greg Harton, editorial page editor for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Welcome to this edition of Speaking of Arkansas. I don't know if you've heard, but there's an election coming up. Republicans and Democrats have wrapped up their nominations for president, and we're getting close to some deadlines for voters. My guests today have faced deadlines for a while now as they prepare for the 2020 general election on November 3rd. I'm joined by Kim Dennison, election coordinator in Benton County, and Jennifer Price, who holds the same position in Washington County. The work of elections in Arkansas mostly happens at the county level. All 75 counties have three member election commissions. Under Arkansas law, the makeup of local election commissions depends on which party holds the majority of state constitutional offices. So in 2020, every election commission is made up of two Republicans and one Democrat. The election coordinators are full-time employees of each county. They essentially are the hands and feet of the election commissions. They are well-versed in election laws and procedures and do a lot of the day-to-day -day work of coordinating poll workers, polling sites, and all of the intricacies of the elections. They work closely with county clerks who handle voter registration and the Arkansas Secretary of State's office, which coordinates elections statewide. Uh, Ms. Dennison and Ms. Price, thanks for joining us today. I wanted to start by noting that we're about two months away from election day as we record this. So tell me a little bit about how preparations are going. So we just finished, I think both counties just finished our ballot draw. And so right now we're in the process of building the actual ballots and getting all of that prepped and on top of making sure we have enough polling locations, poll workers, and uh, the new influx of absentee ballots that we'll be having for this election. So it's been very busy in our office for sure. Ms. Dennison, how's it going in Benton County? We're right on the same level. Um, we're still finalizing polling sites and making sure we have enough poll workers and getting all the information put in to create our ballots and get ready to have those approved and sent out um, the middle of September. Okay. Um, so uh, we have uh, heard a lot uh, lately about, uh, uh, you know, some of the challenges of this election. One of them is poll workers. Um, uh, just having enough poll workers and tell me a little bit about the experience of your counties in terms of um, of how many poll workers, what kind of impact that's having on this election uh, the, and uh, uh, how, uh, why it is that poll workers are as big an issue as they are this, this year. Go ahead, Ms. Price. So we always um, have an issue finding poll workers. Um, you know, for the past several years, um, it has become more and more difficult to find poll workers in, in a lot of ways because uh, the poll workers we typically use are retired and people are working longer, um, you know, and so they're not just as available as they have been in the past. And now, of course, with COVID-19 concerns, uh, we're facing, you know, a shortage of poll workers that we normally have. And we're also facing a shortage of poll workers because of concerns about working at the polls um, on election day. So that definitely has uh, been challenging for our office. Uh, but we are um, seeing more uh, younger people sign up to be poll workers. I think, you know, we've been talking about the need for poll workers and the need for younger poll workers. And so we have seen uh, applications being uh, coming through and they are younger, um, you know, and 
wanting to, to serve, wanting to make sure that, you know, we have access to the polls for everyone on election day and people can vote in person. So we hired probably close to 60 poll workers um, that will be brand new for this general election and we're continuing to get applications uh, but we're continuing to look for poll workers just simply because we know we need uh, more for election day because of all the different uh, things we'll be doing because of COVID-19 in regards to keeping the voters safe on election day so um, if anyone's interested, you know, please visit our website to uh, sign up to be a poll worker because, you know, we can get you hired and trained before election day. And it's very important um, that we have enough so we can keep all of our polling locations open. Uh, Ms. Dennison, same situation in Benton County? Absolutely. Uh, we've lost so many poll workers going into this election. And at first they thought they still wanted to work. And then now they're just deciding the closer that it gets to it that they don't want to. So we're finding that we need more than what we originally thought we needed. So moving forward, we've just, I've been getting quite a few applications, which is great. And I just keep asking that people keep sending them. Uh, in Benton County, are you going to have to reduce the number of uh, polling places to, to, as you figure out how many polling places you're going to, uh, or how many poll workers you're going to have? Um, we've already signed off on our polling sites, so what we have is what we're keeping open, and we've only closed three. Uh, we started with 36, and we've currently got 33, and I actually have one more that we'll probably be adding, so up to 34 that we will be staffing, and um, I just need to make sure I have enough people to do that with. Okay, how about Washington County? Is, is it affecting the number of uh polling places uh, compared to other elections? So normally we have about 45 polling locations open and right now we're looking at only having 40 of those locations open. We've not finalized our list yet, um, but that um, the loss of five of those locations has to do both with the combination of not enough poll workers or a supervisor at that location. Mm. And then a couple of our sites were just too small for us to be able to social distance properly um, in, the, in the polling location and make sure that we're keeping our, our voters and poll workers safe. Um, but overall, we're pleased with the number of polling locations we will be able to keep open. Um, and so we don't think that this will have a great impact on the voters, especially if they take advantage of early voting, which we will have some additional sites open for early voting. And so we're definitely encouraging everyone to take the opportunity to vote during that two week time period. Um, so you don't have to wait in line on election day. And we have uh, fully transitioned. Well, sounds like I'm making a statement, but it's really a question. Uh, we've, we've transitioned to where we're, we're uh, all dealing with vote centers, basically, uh, the places where mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter which polling place you used to think of as being your polling place. You, you can go to any one, one of those during early voting or during on election day and cast your ballot, right? Yes. yes. I mean, vote centers have been a wonderful addition to, uh, to how we cast uh, our ballots on election day and during early vote. Um, we see that probably about 15% of the voters actually take advantage of voting in a different location than the one that they're typically assigned to. Uh, but for voters who have not updated their address, those are the ones who benefit the most from vote centers because then they're not asked to go to another location 
to try and cast a ballot, which means they would have to wait in line twice. Um, so for that alone, we're thankful, uh, you know, because a voter typically wouldn't do that. You know, they would, if they had to leave the polling location to go to a second site, we know that the odds of them doing that, um, you know, decrease greatly depending on the amount of time they would have to travel to that location. Uh, so vote, vote centers have just been wonderful for, you know, for all the counties that have been able to do that. The I want to talk about uh, the, the absentee ballot part of it, uh, but but first let's talk about the experience of uh, the traditional kind of experience of going to a polling place and and casting your ballot either at a early voting location or on election day. With COVID nineteen being an issue, what what is that going to going to look like for voters? And um, when they enter the polls, they're going to be handed a ballot, um, the ballot stock that's blank, as well as a stylist. And they're going to use that stylist throughout their polling site visit, signing into the tablet, taking it with them to the touch screens to be able to vote so that people aren't touching the same thing over and over. And we'll also have additional poll workers cleaning all the time after each voter has visited the booths, whereas you've not seen that in the past. So when you talk about a stylist, you're talking about something that you you can touch the electronic screens with yes and 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 that's just a little piece of plastic uh, what's that what's that look like it's like a typical stylus that you would use um, on any of your electronics um, but these stylists are actually going to say i voted on them um, so they'll be replacing the i voted stickers you know that's just one more area where we might have contact with voters or multiple people touching you know touching something so we're really wanting to cut down on the contact that we have and so this stylist will say i voted on it and like kim said they'll be able to sign in on the poll book use it on the express book which means that they won't be touching those pieces of equipment and then they can either recycle it or take it with them and we'll have enough for every voter so that we're not having to try and clean the stylus between each voter so it's a it, you know it's a new uh, stylus for every single voter that comes in to to cast their ballot now i know that uh, uh you know judging from some of the experiences of retailers and and restaurants and places like that um I, I suspect there may be a few people who who come into the polling place and and may see somebody without a mask and and come to your your pulse uh polling supervisor and you know say you know they have to wear a mask why can't they why don't why aren't they wearing a mask tell me a little bit miss dennison about uh about that whole the, the whole discussion about masks and whether you can mandate those within a polling place um the governor even put out um an order that had in there, voters and poll workers alike are not required to wear a mask within the polling sites. So we cannot force anybody coming in to wear a mask. Um, we don't wanna infringe upon anybody's right to vote. So we wanna allow anybody and everybody the chance to do that if they want to. We're not turning anybody away. Um, if you've got a mask and you wanna wear one, we're not gonna shun you for that either. So and um, just do what makes you feel comfortable coming to the polls. And do you guys um, and the election commissions, do you take a position of encouraging people to do that? Or, or do you guys, because this does deal with a constitutional right as far as voting goes, 
y'all pretty much just stay clear of, of any of that. We stay clear of it here in Benton County and we do have social distancing signs that we will put up and we encourage the social distancing for sure. But as far as wearing a mask, I mean, that's entirely up to the voter. So, and even the governor's executive order encouraged voters to wear masks, encouraged everyone to, to wear a mask when they go vote, um, but it won't infringe on your opportunity to be able to cast a ballot. So our plan essentially is to just, we will post signs on the entrance doors, um, basically with the words from the governor's executive order about uh, what to expect when you go to the polls. We just ask everyone to be patient and kind to everyone in the polling locations, to both voters and our poll workers. And will you, uh, as far as the social distancing, uh, will, will you guys have, you know, kind of marked places where, where you're trying to encourage people to stand as they, as they do have to stand in line? Yeah, that's one of the big things we've been looking at at all of our polling locations is how do we set up the polling location? Um, how do we, you know, make lines uh, for the check-in and make lines for the express votes? Uh, part of the, uh, the CARES Act dollars went to social distancing signs for us to be able to place on the floors. Um, some of our locations will use things such as, you know, chairs and tables to form lines and make separations in our polling locations. Um, so we definitely, that is part of our plan at each site is to make sure that that we have done everything in our power to make sure that we're keeping the voters safe, you know, by setting up clear expectations of what will happen in the polling location. And that includes social distancing signs, both either on the floor or on the, um, you know, signage or just following a line of chairs that we've set up. So we want you to follow this natural line. The, um, let's shift for just a moment uh, to the absentee uh, balloting. Um, nationally, you hear, you, you hear a lot of stories that use terms about mail-in voting and absentee uh, voting, um, various ways that you can uh, vote in terms of not actually going to the polling place on election day. Um, help me to understand a little more clearly what, uh, what the situation is in Arkansas as far as the those two different things mail-in voting versus absentee voting i i mean so just to be clear there is a huge distinction in the way you receive your ballot um, mail-in voting is a system that a state has set up where they automatically mail a ballot to every registered voter in that state or in that county um, but absentee voting which is what the state of arkansas has requires the voter to actually request an absentee ballot be sent to them, which means they have to fill out an application in order for that to happen. Um, and so the distinction we see is we don't want voters to be confused thinking that the ballot is automatically going to come to them. So when we hear those terms used interchangeably, that's the concern at least we have is that a voter here's the term and think it applies to, you know, the state of Arkansas and they're just waiting for that ballot to arrive, not really realizing they have to fill out an application. So it's very important if anyone is wanting to receive an absentee ballot that they call their county clerk's office or go online and download that application and submit it and submit it now if you're wanting to receive that, uh, that absentee ballot. 
So the, um, the absentee ballot application, uh, you, can, you can do that in Benton County right now. Uh, you Absolutely. can do that in any county across the state by contacting your, um, is it the county clerk? Um, yes. and, and then also, I guess the Secretary of State's office has an application that you can access as well. They do, but it would have to be returned to your county clerk in order for your county clerk to mail out those absentee ballots. Okay, so everything goes back to the county clerk um, uh, in the county that where you you reside. Yes, right, and it's best to download it from your uh, county clerk's uh, website because they already have the address on the application to mail back. When you get the one from the Secretary of State's website, it's just generic. So then you have to find your county clerk's address to mail that back. So um, my suggestion would be to either go to the Benton or Washington County's website to, to find the application there. Okay. Yeah. It just removes one, one mm -hmm. more thing that might go wrong. So yes. yeah, yeah. Good advice. Um, so uh, we request that ballot and then uh, at what point do the ballots actually come to us and 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 we have the opportunity to to go through it mark our choices the county clerk's office will start mailing those out on september the 18th okay. and um from there once you receive it i suggest you marking your ballot and getting it put back in the mail as soon as possible to give it plenty of time to return back to the county clerk's office so that you don't miss any deadlines okay the a lot of discussion at the national level about the post office and whether you know that's going to create all kinds of problems um uh, some of that is just you know politics and and <laughs> that sort of thing but um uh just like any other you know christmas cards or whatever if you wait till the day before the election <laughs> you know, to mail your ballot in you're taking a, a real risk, right? Absolutely, because it's very important for voters to realize we're not looking at the date that your ballot was mailed, you know, because whenever you get a piece of, of mail, it'll show the date that the post office processed that piece of mail. What we are looking at is, is your ballot physically in the county clerk's office on election day? So even if it's postmarked, on election day that is not what we're looking at it has to be in the clerk's office um, election day so you definitely want to make sure that you're mailing your ballot back in sufficient amount of time to be in the clerk's office and, and just so people are clear if if you get a ballot if you guys receive a ballot in the county clerk's office anyway on wednesday november uh, november 4th uh, that's just will not, not gonna, be counted not going to be counted at all Okay. The, um, but people, uh, I, I think there's a misconception out there too, that if I, I I'm, you know, send in an application for a ballot that I'm locked into mailing back my ballot, but that's not necessarily the, the way it, it goes, right? That's true. There are options to return your ballot. Um, you can certainly mail it and you know if you feel like you have sufficient amount of time for it to come back to the county clerk's office that definitely is is a way to go but you also can return your ballot in person 
uh, to the county clerk's office up to the day before the election. So that's very important. You cannot bring it into the clerk's office on election day. Um, it has to be the day before the election. So that definitely is a, a choice that the, that the voter could decide to do. And so that would be the county clerk's office in, in the courthouses in Bentonville and the courthouse in Washington or in Fayetteville. Would be My county place. clerk actually has two satellite offices as well. Okay. So she's got one in Salem Springs and one in Rogers that it can be dropped off with as well. Are there any plans for uh, kind of drop off locations kind of, kind of as it gets closer to election uh, where, where people can, can, uh, or a drop box or anything like that, which I'm sure is a little bit uh, of an issue just in terms of ballot security, but uh, uh, any, any plans like that? So Washington County is working on a plan right now. We don't want to use the term drop box because that definitely is a term that's used in other states that implies a different type of return system for your ballots. Um, but we are looking at a curbside um, absentee return system where you could come to the, come to the courthouse, um, stay in your car, and be able to return your absentee ballot uh, to uh, an official from the county clerk's office. And uh, but so those are in preliminary stages. And as soon as we have all the details worked out, of course, we'll we'll let everyone know that information. But that is something we're looking at because we do know that's a concern for the voters. Um, part of the reason they were requesting an absentee ballot is because they don't want to to get out or they don't want to be in the public. Um, and so if they're unsure about returning it through the mail, we want to provide them with an opportunity to be able to drop it off with as little contact as possible. Now, in your mind, um, you know, Arkansas has absentee balloting is, is not new. Um, it's, it's just probably going to be used a lot more in 2020 than it, than it has been in the past. Um, in your mind, is there, are there any more security issues or, you know, concerns that voters ought to have with choosing absentee ballot versus actually going to the polls? Ms. Dennison? I don't feel that there are any security issues with it at all. Um, the mail is going to run. It may take it a little longer to get there. That's why we encourage you to get it back as soon as possible. But everything gets counted just as no normally would as long as all of the proper documentation is included with your absentee ballot. And I know at the polling place you have to show your ID uh, when you vote. Uh, when you send in your application for a ballot or send in your actual ballot, does that involve uh, your ID in some fashion? It does. It, you are asked to include a copy of your approved photo ID in with your absentee ballot along with the voter statement. However, just at the polls, um, if you are unable to show ID, the absentee ballot process allows for that. If you're unable to provide a copy of your photo ID, there is an extra statement um, that you can sign on the absentee of the voter statement, and then we would be able to count your ballot. So there is a system in place for that as well. Okay, because I guess not everybody has a copy or just sitting at home ready to be used. Uh, so uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, anything else you think people need to know about the absentee ballot uh, process? Uh, some, some voters may not know, that the, the, the governor and the secretary of state uh, 
after some some different you know legal debates and all of that said that a, having a concern about COVID-19 is a valid excuse um, to need an absentee ballot in Arkansas. You don't have to have COVID-19. You just have to have a concern that going to a polling place would uh, uh, expose you, I guess, to uh, some risk. Um, any Anything about the, that aspect that I've gotten wrong or, or that you, uh, uh, you would help people to understand that? No, I think you're absolutely correct on that. I think the thing we want to caution voters on about the absentee ballot process is as when you're at the polling location, if you have a question, there's a poll worker there to answer any questions that you may have. Um, and they can help you with that process. When you uh, request an absentee ballot, you get a voter statement that must be filled out correctly with all the information that you have originally put on your application when you requested that ballot. That includes your birthday, your address that you're registered at in the county, and also your signature. If you fail to provide any of that information, your absentee ballot will not be eligible to be counted. Um, and so we want voters to keep that in mind uh, when they're returning their absentee ballot to make sure that they fully fill out that voter statement so that when we do canvas those that we can count every single ballot. Um, you know, it's always a shame when we can't count a ballot just because they failed to put a birthday down on their voter statement. Uh, so we want voters to be very mindful of that. Okay. And when they get their ballot, I assume all of those directions are very clear and that they can read that as they are going through that process. They just need to take the time to, to read it carefully. Yes. And we include a checklist uh, with the voter statement as well, just as, you know, one more way for them to do it and always just pick up the phone and call the clerk's office or our office. If you have any questions, uh, we would much prefer to answer that question than to not count your ballot. The, at, again, at the national level, you do hear a lot of um, discussion these days about voter fraud or about um, uh, external forces uh, in, you know, in the world uh, attempting to monkey around with our elections. Um, I am assuming that you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that you guys uh, feel that elections are fairly secure uh, the, as far as the elections that you guys are involved in. Um, uh, can you help me to understand what, you know, why that shouldn't be a concern for uh, voters out there, both in terms of, you know, actual voter fraud, somebody trying to cast a ballot when they shouldn't be, but, but also, you know, some external force, country, whatever, trying to take over our elections through the internet or something along those lines. Um, you, you just hear and read a lot about that. So help me to understand kind of why, why people shouldn't be overly concerned with that. So for starters, none of our equipment for voting is connected online in any given way. Not even our computers that read in the results at night. Those are completely offline always. They don't ever connect. Um, second, we have checks and balances in place. The number of people that have checked in versus the number of ballots cast, we always compare those and we go back and canvas and make sure that 
what we got on election night is what we got the day after. And because we're always tired when we leave. So just making sure that everything is what it is supposed to be is high priority in, I think, both counties. Yeah. And there's also, you know, for a voter who's concerned about, am I eligible to vote? You know, is there a way for my name to be removed? You know, somehow Arkansas provides what's called a provisional ballot, which means that every voter that comes into the polls on election day gets the opportunity to cast a ballot. Now that may be that it's a regular ballot or it may be what we're calling a provisional ballot that they cast election day, but it is set aside with a special document and a special form so that the commission can review the eligibility of that voter. And then they're given the opportunity to come and defend why they believe that they, uh, that their vote should cast. Um, so that's very important for voters to realize is that if you come to the polls on election day, you get the opportunity to vote either a regular or provisional ballot. And I think that's definitely one of the best, um, security systems we have is because we're not turning away anyone um, because you can't come back the next day and cast a ballot. So, you know, if there's ever any issue about your eligibility, ask for a provisional ballot and uh, go ahead and take the time to fill out the paperwork and vote that so that we can review your information um, when we have more time as opposed to on election day when everything is, you know, we've got all the polling locations open and you don't have time to thoroughly investigate that. Um, so that's what a provisional ballot does. So we definitely encourage everyone, you know, to, to go ahead and do that if there is a question about your eligibility. And, and, you know, some people think that the election is over with on election night. I mean, there is a gap between election night and the actual certification of the election that makes it official. And, and I assume that the reason for that is so you can answer questions that come up with ballots. Uh, if, if somebody feels like a ballot was cast erroneously or illegally, that can be investigated. Uh, uh, and, and so there's usually a few days, I guess, between the, the election and the actual certification. Right. And a lot of that is to review those to review those provisional ballots to make to see if they are eligible to be counted, but also military and overseas civilians have an extra time frame to be able to return their absentee ballots. That's 10 days after the election. Um, and so we want to give them the opportunity to, for their ballots to return. And we always include those ballots um, and provisional ballots in our final certification, even if it doesn't change the outcome of the election. We think it's important for every voter to realize that if your ballot is eligible to be counted, it will be uh, in that final certification. This is just something I've always kind of wondered about. Um, we talk about poll workers, but there's also a term out there called poll watchers. Um, help me to understand what a poll watcher is. So these are people that are affiliated with either a candidate, a party, or an issue on the ballot. And they just come into the polling sites after obtaining proper documentation to be able to do so and make sure that our poll workers are doing what they're supposed to be doing and that um, there's no irregularities going on in the polling site. Okay, so that gives the parties or the candidates an opportunity to just make sure everything that they're comfortable that everything has been done correctly. Yes. Okay, and the um, as voters, 
uh, you know, sometimes you emerge from your polling place and there might be somebody there nearby that's doing some kind of canvassing of uh, uh, kind of a polling. I don't know what exactly what the term is, but uh, um, uh, I assume that's for some of the national news organizations, uh, that sort of thing. But uh, um, are, are those to be expected? And, and I assume, you know, people, people can choose whether to participate in that or not. So yes, so those would be exit pollsters. Um, and we have just a handful of our locations where um, we will have the exit polling. They always work with, um, with our office to make sure that you know, they're going to the right location. We make our poll workers aware of that. But definitely it's up to the voter whether they want to, um, to talk to that exit pollster or not. Um, but yeah, you can definitely expect to see that at a couple of locations uh, in Washington County. And the, um, I guess the reason that they're there is, is it, it helps those news organizations kind of make those projections earlier in the evening than when, than when the votes are cast. Because as uh, John Logan Burrow, uh, uh, the late uh, chairman of the uh, election commission, uh, used to tell me, uh, you know, that the election commission isn't responsible for for meeting deadline for of the newspapers or the t TV stations, they're responsible for getting an accurate count, and uh, and so your process sometimes is, you know, slower than the I've got an I've got to have it now kind of media uh, 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 approach. Uh, so that's that's why the poll uh, uh, polling people outside the exit poll people are out there trying to gather information. Is that right? That would be that would be their goal would be to be able to help predict the outcome of the election. And uh, definitely we, you know, we're concerned about making sure that we have accurate results when we release the results. And so that does take time and we want to be sure that we are taking the time because we don't want to have to retract anything that we've released early in the early in the evening. And we also want voters to be aware because we will have more absentee ballots cast than we've ever had in any elections. Results um, will come in slower, you know, just because the sheer volume of number of ballots to be able to canvas and process and count uh, will take time. So um, let's wrap up just by saying, talking about deadlines. Uh, what, is, what is the deadline to register? to vote if people want to actually cast a ballot on the on November 3rd? So it's 30 days prior to an election. Okay. So it would be October 4th. Okay. Um, which falls on a Sunday. So that would actually be pushed to the Monday after. So okay. October the 5th will be the deadline to register to vote for right. the November election. And I assume same advice for those folks. There's no reason to wait till October 5th. To do that. Yes, Just, the yeah. county clerk has enough paperwork to do and input information. They, they would rather you be on top of it now than wait until the last minute. Okay, and then uh, deadline for requesting absentee ballots. So to have one mailed to you, this is a big one, is October the 27th, but we do not want anyone to wait until that deadline. Certainly we will mail out uh, absentee ballot if, if that request comes in, but just being able to get the ballot mailed to you and then you mail it back uh, 
and be in the courthouse by election day, you know, is cutting it really, really thin. So if you're wanting a absentee ballot mailed to you, do it now. Don't, you know, don't wait. And yeah, the, the responsibility for actually getting that ballot into the hands of the county clerk is, is nobody but the voters, I assume. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and then uh, I think one of you may have mentioned this earlier, the deadline for returning absentee ballots is, is the day before. They will be counted if they get to the county clerk uh, by that point, but not the day of the election. Right. There's only special circumstances for someone to be able to return one on election day. So you either return it the day before the election, but if it is in the mail, um, it can be the day of the election. All right. Well, uh, any final thoughts that you want to share? Uh, any subjects that I have not covered with you that you feel like voters need to be aware of? So there's a great website, voterview.org, um, for the voters. One, they're able to check their address uh, to make sure that their address is correct, especially if you're voting in person. Um, that's the reason our lines back up a lot of times on election day is because voters have not updated their address. And so that takes time to be able to do that. So we definitely encourage everyone to verify how we have you registered. Um, but also on that website, you can review a sample ballot. You can find out all the uh, early vote sites and election day sites. But if you have requested an absentee ballot, once those ballots are mailed, which will be um, after September the 18th, you'll be able to see that the clerk's office has sent your ballot. And if you have mailed it back in, when she receives it, you'll be able to see that it has been received and accepted in her office. All right, anything else? I think I'd like to say that if you do request an absentee ballot and you choose not to vote and return that absentee ballot and to go to the polls to vote, you are going to re be required to vote a provisional ballot when you get there. So be prepared to do extra paperwork when you get there if you did receive an absentee ballot and choose not to vote it. So the, the poll books, to use an antiquated term, I guess, but the poll book, poll pot, iPads, um, will actually indicate that this person has been sent an absentee ballot and that it would will. trigger all of the additional paperwork. Uh, but, but ultimately, um, I had this question come up the other day. If, if somebody sends in an absentee ballot and then on election day, just through, you know, not thinking clearly or whatever, they actually go, go to the polling place and cast a ballot. Um, I, I assume there are protections in place to, to prevent that, those two, two votes. They will have to vote a provisional ballot when they get there because the poll book's going to show that they received an absentee ballot. And so when the commission is going through those provisional ballots, it's going to be verified that they've already returned their absentee ballot. So therefore, the provisional ballot would not be counted because they've already cast their ballot by absentee. Okay. So the absentee would take precedence. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I thank you so much for joining me today and for uh, answering these questions. Uh, I know you guys are busy and will be busy for the next couple of months, uh, but uh, uh, I really appreciate you taking time out uh, to help us out, to understand all of this, a lot of discussions about election procedures and all, and uh, you guys are right in the thick of things and uh, certainly wish you well as you guys uh, 
uh, hunker down for the last uh, last couple of months of this. Uh, so take care of yourselves. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, everybody, that's our podcast for today. Thanks so much for listening. As always, check out the links in the description that uh, come along with this podcast. You can see links for the Benton County and Washington County Clerk's offices where you can go to get other voting information, voter registration, uh, applications for um, absentee ballots, and all the kinds of information that you might need to make sure that you get a chance to cast your vote this year. As always, visit nwaonline.com slash podcast to check out all the episodes available from our Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette podcasters, or you can always subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, thanks for joining us. And this is Greg Harton, editorial page editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette saying so long. Thank you.